Exodus 17, 8 through 19, 15. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out, fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did just as Moses told him, and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about, when Moses held his hand up, that Israel prevailed. But when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. And Moses' hands were very heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands one on one side, and one on the other. So his hands were steady until sunset, and Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this in a book as a memorial, and recite it to Joshua, that I will utterly wipe out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and named it, The Lord is my banner. And he said, Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard about everything that God had done for Moses and for Israel his people, how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took in Moses' wife Zipporah after he had sent her away and her two sons, one of whom was named Gershom. For Moses said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. And the other was named Eleazar. For he said, The God of my father was my help, and saved me from the sword of Pharaoh. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his wife and his sons to Moses in the wilderness, where he was camped, at the mountain of God. And he sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law, Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons. Then Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, and he bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other about their welfare, and went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law everything that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and the hardship that had confronted them on the journey, and how the Lord had rescued them. And Jethro rejoiced over all the goodness which the Lord had done for Israel, in rescuing them from the land of the Egyptians. So Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and from the hand of Pharaoh, and rescued the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know the Lord is greater than all the gods. Indeed, it was proven when they acted insolently against the people. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God, and Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law before God. And it came about the next day that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood before Moses from the morning until the evening. Now when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge, and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. 
When they have a dispute, it comes to me, and I judge between someone and his neighbor, and make known the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law then said to him, The thing that you are doing is not good. You will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you, because the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel, and God be with you. You be the people's representative before God, and you bring the disputes to God. Then admonish them about the statutes and the laws, and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and the work they are to do. Furthermore, you shall select out of all the people able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain, and you shall place these over them as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. Let them judge the people at all times, and let it be that they will bring to you every major matter, but they will judge every minor matter themselves, so it will be easier for you, and they will carry the burden with you. If you do this thing, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people also will go to their places in peace. So Moses listened to his father-in-law, and did everything that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel, and made them heads over the people, leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. Then they judged the people at all times. They would bring the difficult matter to Moses, but they would judge every minor matter themselves. Then Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law, and Jethro went his way to his own land. In the third month, after the sons of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that very day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. When they set out from Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. And there Israel camped in front of the mountain. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, This is what you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the sons of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I carried you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice, and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people, and set before them all these words which the Lord had commanded him. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud, so that the people may hear when I speak with you, and may also trust in you forever. Then Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. The Lord also said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and have them wash their garments, and have them ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. 
but you shall set boundaries for the people all around, saying, Beware that you do not go up on the mountain, or touch the border of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall certainly be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall certainly be stoned or shot through. Whether animal or person, the violator shall not live. When the ram's horn sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people, and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. He also said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. Mark 6 Jesus went out from there and came into his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And the many listeners were astonished, saying, Where did this man learn these things? And what is this wisdom that has been given to him? And such miracles as performed by his hands. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are his sisters not here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not dishonored, except in his hometown, and among his own relatives, and his own household. And he could not do any miracle there, except he had laid his hands on a few sick people, and healed them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. And he was going around the villages, teaching. And he summoned the twelve, and began to send them out in pairs, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits, and he instructed them that they were to take nothing for their journey, except a mere staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belt, but to wear sandals. And he added, Do not wear two tunics. And he said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave town. Any place that does not receive you or listen to you, as you go out from there, shake the dust off the soles of your feet as a testimony against them. And they went out and preached that people are to repent. And they were casting out many demons and were anointing with oil many sick people and healing them. And King Herod heard about it, for his name had become well known. And people were saying, John the Baptist has risen from the dead. And that is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others were saying, He is Elijah. And others were saying, He is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard about it, he kept saying, John, whom I beheaded, has risen. For Herod himself had sent men and had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias held a grudge against him, and wanted to put him to death, and could not do so. For Herod was afraid of John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he had been protecting him. And when he heard him, he was very perplexed, and yet he used to enjoy listening to him. An opportune day came, when Herod, on his birthday, held a banquet for his nobles and military commanders, and the leading people of Galilee. And when the daughter of Herodias herself came in and danced, she pleased Herod, 
and his dinner guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me whatever you want, and I will give it to you. And he swore to her, Whatever you ask of me, I will give it to you, up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. Immediately she came in a hurry to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Although the king was very sorry because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he was unwilling to refuse her. Immediately, the king sent an executioner and commanded him to bring back his head. And he went and beheaded him in the prison, and brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about this, they came and carried away his body, and laid it in a tomb. The apostles gathered together with Jesus, and they reported to him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a little while. For there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. And they went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. The people saw them going, and many recognized them, and ran there together on foot from all the cities, and got there ahead of them. When Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he felt compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it was already late, his disciples came up to him and said, This place is secluded, and it is already late. Send them away, so that they may go into the surrounding countryside and villages, and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You, give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and spend two hundred denarii on bread, and give it to them to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go, look. And when they found out, they said, Five, and two fish. He ordered them all to recline by groups on the green grass. They reclined in groups of hundreds and fifties. And he took the five loaves and the two fish and looked up toward heaven. He blessed the food and broke the loaves, and he gave them to the disciples again and again to set before them. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up twelve full baskets of the broken pieces of bread, and of the fish. There were five thousand men who ate the loaves. And immediately Jesus had his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he himself dismissed the crowd. And after saying goodbye to them, he left for the mountain to pray. When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. Seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them, at about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and he intended to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought that it was a ghost, and they cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But he immediately spoke with them, and said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind stopped, and they were utterly astonished, 
for they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Genesaret, and moored at the shore. And when they got out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him, and ran about that entire country, and began carrying here and there on their pallets those who were sick, to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he entered villages, or cities, or a countryside, they were laying the sick in the marketplaces, and imploring him that they might just touch the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were being healed. Acts 27, 27-44 But when the fourteenth night came, as we were being driven about in the Adriatic Sea, about midnight the sailors began to suspect they were approaching some land, and they took soundings and found it to be twenty fathoms. And a little farther they took another sounding and found it to be fifteen fathoms. Fearing that we might run aground somewhere on the rocks, they cast four anchors from the stern and prayed for daybreak. But as the sailors were trying to escape from the ship and had let down the ship's boat into the sea, on the pretense that they were going to lay out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men remain on the ship, you yourselves cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship and let it fall away. Until the day was about to dawn, Paul kept encouraging them all to take some food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day that you have been constantly watching and going without eating, having taken in nothing. Therefore, I encourage you to take some food, for this is for your survival. For not a hair from the head of any of you will perish. Having said this, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all, and he broke it and began to eat. All of them were encouraged, and they themselves also took food. We were 276 people on the ship in all. When they had eaten enough, they began lightening the ship by throwing the wheat out into the sea. Now, when day came, they could not recognize the land, but they did notice a bay with a beach, and they resolved to run the ship onto it if they could. And casting off the anchors, they left them in the sea, while at the same time they were loosening the ropes of the rudders, and they hoisted the foresail to the wind, and were heading for the beach. But they struck a reef where two seas met and ran the ship aground. And the prow stuck firmly and remained immovable, while the stern started to break up due to the force of the waves. The soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, so that none of them would swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to bring Paul safely through, kept them from accomplishing their intention, and commanded that those who could swim were to jump overboard first and get to land, and the rest were to follow some on planks, and others on various things from the ship. And so it happened that they were all brought to land safely. Proverbs 13, 1-8 A wise son accepts his father's discipline, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. From the fruit of a person's mouth, 
he enjoys good, but the desire of the treacherous is violence. One who guards his mouth protects life. One who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. The soul of the lazy one craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made prosperous. A righteous person hates a false statement, but a wicked person acts disgustingly and shamefully. Righteousness guards the one whose way is blameless, but wickedness brings the sinner to ruin. There is one who pretends to be rich, but has nothing, another who pretends to be poor, but has great wealth. The ransom of a person's life is wealth, but the poor hears no rebuke. Hear, Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me, and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, I shall seek your face, Lord. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me, nor forsake me, God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, Lord, and lead me on a level path. Because of my enemies, do not turn me over to the desire of my enemies. For false witnesses have risen against me, and the violent witness. I certainly believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord.